0: Welcome to the Rogue Unlearning Podcast, where we talk about unlearning beliefs that no longer serve us and much more. We
1: are your hosts, Aisha, aka Shante, and Ejiro, aka Jairu. Join us bi weekly for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rogue Unlearning. Also, if you're listening to the Apple Podcast, hey, don't forget to leave us a five star rating. Wink, wink season five episode one nigerian elections 2023 welcome back everyone
0: Happy happy happy, happy new year happy new year
1: yeah officially guys. in twenty twenty three another day, another year, another month to restart your new year resolutions, whether or not you will or will not try to accomplish them within the first month of the year, it's up to you, um, but like chess chess to winning chess to. So a better 2023 for all of us, whatever that means for you. Sometimes, I mean, I saw somebody's post and they were like, honestly, anyone asked me what I did in 2022, it was just to survive. And my 2020 and that was what the person said, my 2022 is about survival. They were asked me what I achieved or did not achieve anything. I survived, and that should be enough. So whatever success looks like for you, um, 2023. I hope everything works out like it's a new year. It's I feel like I feel like every new year, or the beginning of a new year gives you like an opportunity for a fresh start to so like at least for me, it gave me an like at the end of last year, I was like to reevaluate like my priorities, like okay, what are my what are my goals or short-term goals. So 2022 for me was intense. Like I was trying to get a promotion, I was trying to do this, do that. I was trying to overachieve and I really pushed myself. Where 2023, I'm like, fam, I'm not even trying to achieve anything in 2023. I just want to breathe. I just want to I just want to be lazy. I just want to be normal. I just want to go through day in day out without any pressure or stress or having any big goals or ambition. But I know one of the things that really bothered me, like, towards the end of last year was it felt like I was in so much depth. Like, mm. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. like, And it felt like... It just keeps getting worse i don't know if everybody ever got to that point where you feel like like you think you are you are trying to pay off some things but it's never ending and then you're like nah like you just it's start to get anxiety issues so one of the things i did we we did this year I was like you know so what i didn't have like a financial plan we're going to even bring out this where is the money going to because sometimes you have money but you don't know where the money is going to yeah so like you gotta look through I think we talked about this into one of the money episodes but you gotta look through your bank statements gotta write down all the depths Write down okay what exactly is the money coming in and then I started listening to Dave Ramsey this guy that does uh money show. like it's it can be controversial but he gives good money advice but mostly for the US so but it's just like making sure every dollar in your account as an assignment like you know like these are, the, these are your bills for example for the months make sure like whatever is left we need to send it on an assignment is it going to be paying off a debt is it going to be i do I, which of the debts are we going to tackle first snowball it throw it finish it then move on to the next one like i'm making progress because i did not feel like i was making progress so i just like that was like one of the things that i'm like okay that's if i'm going to stress myself about anything this year it's about making sure I'm in the, not stress, but like making sure that I have a goal to be, you know, to clear off this set of credit card debts, for example. And then I will clear the debts and and breathe and only live according to my means on the budget and only spend the money from the credit card that I have the money in the debit checking account to put back, you know. So... Um, and it, and that's the thing. It's different for everybody. So, but for me, I'm, when it comes to like work, career, that, like, oh, what are your career? I don't get career and be, I just leave me. I just, I just want to be comfortable as you are seeing me. No, I, I want to <laughs> be a manager. What's my next, I don't understand. Not in just 23, 23. I want to hopefully retire. Please. I thank you. For me, I think like
0: when my mindset about work changed. So last year, I had a lot to do in the first half of the year. And by the second half of the year, I was already beginning to experience some form of burnout. And so when I started a new project at work, for the first time in my life, I was in a role with fully competent. Well, maybe, okay, let me rephrase that. Not for the first time in my life. Um, but in this particular project, I was with, I am with, my team is filled with fully competent people. And so because I was already experiencing burnout, I was coming to this new project. I don't know much about the subject matter because I recently switched uh, my streams within cybersecurity. And it just felt like, girl, for the first time in my life, I felt like, girl, you can coast. You can coast. People do this all the time. And when I tell you for the rest of the year, don't ask me about what I did at work. I don't know. I don't know. I coasted through. I barely survived. For the first uh like maybe bit from August to like September, I just felt like I was walking in a fog. And then by October, November, the fog started to clear, but I was just feeling extremely exhausted. And by December, I'm just like, you know what? I just want to take my vacation and go sleep because <laughs> clearly I'm not doing anything here. And then in the new year now, I'm like, okay, let me, let me try to pull my weight a little bit. But at the same time, I am not for like performance review. People are beginning to prepare for that. And I'm just like, eh, (laughs) that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I am not going to think it. I am not because I know what my goal, what goal I set for myself in terms of my career for 2023. But overall, my overall attitude for this year is I am going to get everything my heart desires. Mm, that mm, is how mm, I mm, feel mm, about 2023. Preach. I am going to get everything. I deserve everything that I want. And yes. the universe is going to conspire to give yes. me everything that I want. And that is my...
1: yes. That is that how I'm
0: matching in 2023.
1: Eight? And so... Yes. Not even amen, no. It's yes, like it has already happened. Yeah. I'm in a
0: constant state of gratitude because I believe it has happened. And so that is how I'm matching in 2023. And I just, I'm just not stressing. And I like this feeling on myself. I like, I like the way I feel right now. I like um my mindset right now uh because there was a time I used to feel like this. And I remember I was having a conversation with a friend and she said, this is called crazy fate. And I'm like, I agree because, and you don't have to explain it to someone. Like, if you make, like for example, if you want to make a goal for the year, you can make it as big as you want it to be. As big, there's nothing. No matter how ridiculous it doesn't also have to make sense to anyone else. It just has to make
1: sense to you. Sometimes it might not even make sense to you, but because you know that your center is beyond you. Like how, like they say, you know, like the Bible scripture that says, with him, we can do all things. It's like, it's not, when you know that it's not just your hand work, but you don't know how, you don't know why, you don't know where, but this is, you have, you know in your heart that this is what God will do. And like, this is what will happen, when you achieve, but it's not by your own power. But by a greater power a power that whatever you believe in that power transcends you some call it the universe like everything just works together for your own good and benefit and i think you you touched that when you talked about finding your center like and you know what that center is that that center could be peace for, for some people that center will be religious or spiritual i think for me I, I, I ended up asking, like, so I, I was writing, like, oh, what are things? Not that it goes. How do I want to? Do my road goes, road goes. I was like, now, wow, well, I don't, I don't write, go, finish. It's like, wait, wait, till, wait, to there's no spiritual goal in this, in this, as if our spiritual lives is, is this that great. And then started to think about, and then it just started to occur to me, like, I want to go back to a time in my life where I was truly happy. Well, I was, I truly did not, was anxious for nothing. I wasn't worried about bills my future career like i wasn't worried about anything i was just genuinely joyful and happy and i and i need to go back to that center and for me that center for example is god and saying like it's not by my power my mind i don't know what's going to happen or how it will happen or will i be be or not be you know here 50 years from now but like i know that if i center myself. I can just onboarding any kind of anxiety that even starts to crop up, you know, this year or every day and just onboarding myself because mm, it's not me or oh, it's God. You can't ask God. It's not yeah. me. I don't even know. Even the like, Bible that kind says, don't
0: worry about tomorrow for it to take care of itself. Take care
1: of, of itself, right?
0: So my prayer and my wish for everyone listening to this podcast and everyone in general, whether they are listening or not, is that 2023 is an easy year for all of us. I pray it is a year where we don't have to stress too much. I pray it is a year where doors open our, on our behalf, where our names are mentioned in rooms where they are, you know, in good rooms where they are supposed to be. I pray it is a year of like ease and abundance and grace Amen. for a lot of us. And ultimately, I pray that we learn to give ourselves grace. grace. Mm. So now I guess we can move on to our, on my spirit episode, on our On my spirit segment of the episode.
1: I feel like, well, I feel like it was that all the new year resolution was on our spirit. Do you have anything else on your spirit?
0: Something's on my spirit. I want us to stop as a society, specifically black. Oh, okay. I want us to disassociate, distance ourselves from this hustle mentality culture. I want us as a black, as the black society, as black people, as Africans, to understand that we deserve the softer things of life as well. We deserve rest as well. And when we see black women specifically flourishing in our soft feminine energy, that does not mean we are bad or lazy or spoiled. Because
1: we deserve rest and soft life too. Let me understand where is this coming from? Okay, so
0: a couple of things. Um, On TikTok, which is where you'll find me most of the time, although I don't post, um, or I do have one post, but on TikTok, I have seen several times where black women, some black women would, um, so this is one example. A black woman gives bed, has a baby, decides to get a night doula who is like a night nurse that would come and you hand your baby over to them, say maybe in the evening, say maybe six, maybe seven, whatever mm-hmm. the time you prefer or you set is. And then you go relax, you know, have a shower, have a bath, watch a movie, read a book, do whatever you want to do and go to bed. And you get to, you as the mother get to sleep through the night. And this doula is the one who is going to be up. When your baby cries or whatever the, the case may be, you could have pumped milk or if your baby's on formula, whatever the case, right? And in the morning, they hand this baby back to you when you've had a full night rest.
1: Wow, how amazing. And, would that be if I could have that. and
0: then you see people in the comments talking about oh you're just a lazy mom how would you bond with your child how would you did it did it did it did it but now most of the time and not to even make this about a race thing but unfortunately most things in this our life comes back to race um now if the if the if it was a white woman or someone else or a person of color that did this the comments would not be the same because most times these comments also come from black women um so let us shake shake away the shackles of this mentality from our body.
1: Of suffering.
0: Eh, of suffering. Because um it's okay to do that. Because you know what happens when you do something like that. You when you get can afford denigate. when you can afford to do something like that, you know what happens in the morning. You are not cranky, you have slept well through the night, and you have a better experience. Your children get to experience the best version of you. That is what happens so let us um, so that's one example another example is um some um there's this lady i follow i'm not going to mention names here because yeah or and she had posted a tiktok saying like you know sometimes when people post all these aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing contents on on the internet there are some people that are like oh you know just remember that not every um this is just a snapshot of people's lives and you know nobody's life is perfect or sometimes or like this is not their real life and she's like sometimes that is the case but there are other times when that is the life they live and so basically she was saying you have to give room for both yes it's not um some people they just create that for the camera also there's nothing wrong with create creating curating that for the camera if that is the part of your life you want people to see but also not everything on the internet is a lie and when i tell you people try to crucify this black woman for this statement also and what really shocked me was there was a black creator who also um stitched her video and talked about it and this original creator did not um she wasn't like discrediting this other opinion she's like that opinion is valid but what got her was in the comment section there were people who were insulting this original creator who said this and this and in the comment section and this other this second creator was like laughing and egging them on and i just also want to just remind us that it's okay to see a black woman leave in um in a soft life Lovely. like our, our 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 stories as black women doesn't always have to be suffering oh, it sis. doesn't it doesn't always have to be soft head. we so we need to shake as a community as a whole community we need to shake off the shackles of that mentality and say you know what me too deserve to live soft i can take care of myself and you can do it even within your own means you can you can say, oh, once a week, I can put away $10 and take myself to Starbucks and get a coffee. I can I can go out and buy myself something. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be as lavish as we see some people leave. But you can treat yourself. Okay? You can treat yourself. I, I watched a video recently about a Chinese lady who went to China to give birth because she hadn't seen her parents in a while. And she was talking about how... So, right now, she has given birth and she's in a... They call it... It's like pretty much a postpartum clinic, right? But she's like in the Chinese culture, normally, um it's almost like quarantine, but not really. And she's like, when you give birth, normally, you're supposed to be isolated at home where all you're supposed to do is rest and be with your child. Exactly. Because the female... Because they understand culturally that your body has been through a lot. And so that one month for 30 days... You are supposed to be in isolation, just rest. And even you expose yourself. Come. You don't
1: want to add uh, any kind of yeah. A, and so it's just your family right? that would
0: come and just like take care of you, and you and your baby. But now in today's day and age, it's, like there are centers where they they send you to. So she's currently at the center. Like so, some of them, um, some of these centers, they rent out like or they buy out like certain floors in hotels, like maybe the third and the fourth floor, for example and that that would be the center and so she's currently at one and she's going to be there for the next 30 for, for 30 days basically and i'm like and i've been seeing that there was one postpartum clinic that just opened in new york and i saw someone went and she said she was there for seven days and all these things are expensive yes but like what i'm saying all i'm saying is when you have money when you have the ability to make your life easier, to delegate certain things, like maybe you pay for a cleaner, you pay for a private car, watch the come and wash your car in your driveway, or you pay for anything you pay for to make your life easier. When we see black people, specifically black women doing that, let us not be the first ones to call it lazy. Let us appreciate that this person is living this life and, oh, I wish I can live this life too, or I'm inspired to have, this kind of things in my life too. So let us free ourselves from the shackle of hustle, you have to be roughed up trauma mentality. I don't think it's
1: hustle. I think it's suffer mentality. It's a mindset like everything must be hard.
0: Yes, let us free ourselves from that from that
1: mentality. it let's take it back to Nigeria, right? Like you find when you see like, if you see a middle age, a middle class, maybe upper middle class and upper class, average nigerian they have at least two to almost two to five employees that a family would employ like there's a driver there's a, driver. There's a cook there's my, a nanny there when they have young man. children there's a gate man there's a there's a washer it means it's probably like a washerman that washes clothes and and all of that right but then, if you now take it, and if you go, if you lived in any kind of like maybe not so rich area, you find like, you know, maybe just the woman will go and bring maybe her sister, younger sister or cousin from the village to help out. But like, but, and it's even in, in those kinds of places that you find people be like, ah, this woman, you lazy, you. or maybe there's a mother-in-law coming to your house to tell you that you're not working hard or do what you're supposed to do. But that really happens in the lower class, maybe almost like poverty type situation. But even the average, well, yes, that's why I said. Upper middle class, like you know, people who can afford to employ people. I've never seen a Nigerian family that are good, that are doing good, like more than regular average, like paycheck to paycheck, like that does not have people under their employ. At least, yeah. Two.
0: But what I'm, what I'm saying, no, sorry, what I meant, I guess I was not clear. What I meant was, those people sometimes still get those comments of, oh, this one married lazy wife, or. She doesn't do anything. She's just here to eat his money. You still get those kind of comments, for the yeah. Money. You still get it. It's yeah. not um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what's on my spirit. I just want us to free ourselves from the shackles of. We have to suffer. We yeah. don't. We don't trust me. We do not. We do not. You can have the life you desire, especially
1: if you can afford it. Yeah, really. if you can
0: afford it, you, and it can start small. It doesn't have to be the big things. It could be the little things.
1: I can actually see myself doing that, like
0: you can, you can, you know, sleeping through
1: the nights and the child is somebody else's problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because why not? Yeah, yeah. I can see myself doing Um, that if you can afford it. It will give you peace of mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it for our. On my spirit segment for this episode, now, eh, all this one we've been talking, we've never entered the main episode.
1: Yes, now. Because we they missed us now. How how yeah, else would we catch them up? Exactly. How, how else? Yeah, we needed us. to give
0: you guys a little bit of, you know, ourselves. And so now, our main topic for today, we want to talk about Nigeria. Ele- so Nigeria has uh, elections coming up, the presidential election coming up in February, so next month. And we just wanted to like quickly talk through talk about the parties and I just want to preface
1: that that's my birthday month. In short, a the election is a day before my actual birthday. My birthday is February twenty sixth and the election is February twenty-five. Just saying. So if you are voting and you feel like you want to send me a gift, let me know.
0: How did you put voting and <laughs> birthday gift in the same sentence? I'm Please. so confused. Shameless blog. Okay. okay, shameless blog. Oh, it's Aisha's <laughs> birthday. Aisha's birthday is the twenty sixth of February. It makes me a
1: political baby, don't you think? Like an election baby, don't you think?
0: Ah, uh, hmm. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for the episode, we are going to be talking talking about the Nigerian elections, the upcoming elections, and we'll talk about it briefly about like the parties the previous elections and just our thoughts in general so this from is our part, perspective this is the part where i'll tell you guys buckle your seat belts and prepare really? for takeoff they should they do to do that they need to do it because this thing can go left really quick okay and maybe one disclaimer we should give is we're not political analysts
1: experts no
0: so we are just talking as regular citizens the average regular citizen so do with that information what you will but here is the rest of the episode okay
1: cool i think this is where we insert paid sponsorship and paid ad
0: i wish we had somebody <laughs> sponsors please sponsors so us we want to retire yeah. buy us uh-huh. coffee buy us a uh, 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 bagel breakfast bagel it's like let us those.
1: advertise for you
0: Thank you and God bless. Now, moving on to the
1: end. <laughs> too many shameless plugs in this episode. <laughs> so, why
0: why Life is too short. Why are you ashamed? What are you ashamed of? I'm not ashamed. Plug yourself. I'm
1: owning, I'm owning it to my full chest. Exactly.
0: So, may I've said it to come and sponsor. If you have a book coming up and you want me to review it, send me the book and a cup of coffee. <laughs> Actually, that's different. I will have to write a list for you. But anyways, so, the first question is, what was your earliest memory or what was your earliest introduction to Nigerian politics
1: um do you want me to go can I go first yeah yeah so it's very dramatic so um I don't know how old I was but I but this happened when Abacha died no way I was about to say the exact same thing I was about to say the exact same thing okay okay go 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I remember is that, I don't know, maybe in my head, like, you know when you watch too many, like, Disney uh, ca- cartoons, just maybe cartoons, just like King and Queen. And so maybe I thought in my mind, because I think I'm actually like, like 1999, uh, 1998. It was earlier. Was it, earlier? it was earlier? Anyways, I was still young, because, again, I'm a young child. like So I was probably still five or four at this point. And I remember... 98 there you go i was i was i was like five ish so i just remember like i was in the room and i heard my mom scream outside like loud scary scream like i'm like oh my gosh is war happening or something bad because again in my head then because i grew up in i was born in kano and i think my parents left at that point where there was a lot of like um tribal um Four or five. so yeah so that scream just when she screamed that scream it reminded me of that so i felt like maybe we needed to up and leave or we're going to run away like like it just yeah. was very because we had to we had to run away and move from the northern nigeria like we had to move because of because of that and then it was so scary and i remember rushing out and then you no know, one say Abacha is dead. I'm like, who the he- who the heck is Abacha? <laughs> what's my business? I'm like, is it that me? why you're screaming? I'm like, who is-, is Abacha the king? Like, what's going on? Because I'm like, what's precedent? Like, I don't I don't understand what's going on. That was my first like introduction into like oh leadership elections, and then they were talking about like um Obasanjo and having a democracy, and there was all of this unrest for a while. So I would say like that's my Introduction as a child into like what Nigerian elections and politics, and you know, because Obasaja was in jail, then he got like people, were like, oh, they're gonna vote, like, so it was this whole thing. So that was it for me. So well, it, it's so crazy that in that moment, between me and you located in like we never know each other, our families never knew each other in different parts of the country, we have like similar stories. Yeah,
0: I think it was at least that's what right as of this moment I remember, right. Um, there was also the moment of, um, what's his name? What's his name? This man that was killed on June 12 What was his name? Abiola. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I had that story, but I did not, my mind did not relate it to politics at the time. Also, then I was really young. But the Abacha story, what I remember is, I think they announced that, and my parents came home, and there was this hush, hush, hush. Neighbors were everybody was kind of whispering because no one really knew what would happen. Like there was like a whisper celebration, um, because no one really knew what would happen as it was a military regime where we we're going to see soldiers come out, or we nobody knew. So at least where I lived, it was like hush, 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 hush. But there was like jubilation, but it was like quiet. But there was jubilation. Mm. So that's what I remember, and then to be honest i didn't really think much about politics again because i'm like i'm a child what what do i know i don't care i just want to play and i think it was in secondary school i started paying attention again to like certain things but even then i still felt like i don't want to be involved leave me alone everybody's stupid and i think it was in honestly probably university that I started saying, okay, who is this? What does this person do? Okay, this person is the governor. What what are they supposed to be doing? Why is the country the way it is? Why are we struggling? What did they promise during their election campaigns that we never got to see? And why is everybody so quiet about this? Right.
1: What was that thing we did in secondary school? Um that thing that would usually ask question, who's the governor? Thank you, (laughs) Correct. Even at that point when we started doing that
0: current
1: was cool. affairs. Thank you. There, there was still no awareness in terms of like what it means. Like also, that was just like also, yeah. sister.
0: Side note: Current affairs questions were like, um, who was it? Who found Raninja? Ninja? Mongo Park. Who? Who was? Who are, are, amalgamated in northern south of Nigeria? Salad. Look at like all these things were good things. They made us learn all this stupid useless information. May without work.
1: context, without no.
0: context. Like, anyways, I just, I just wanted to say there this.
1: was nothing, sir. I don't, I don't care about putting <gasps> sir or lord. Lugard was the motherfucker. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> but yeah, all that to say, like our, our uh, education on current affairs slash history, trash. But please continue. <sighs> okay, so I when, s- when did you start? I know I said I just said please continue, but question. You advance the I know. I I know. It my brain just clocked that. But when did you start to understand how bad things were in Nigeria in relation to our politics and politicians?
1: Um, I think it was um Yaradwa, like it was that time, like that was, I would say that was when, like, I would say, like, my maturity started to mature and it started to have, like, I started to have an awareness. <laughs> Your maturity started to mature. <laughs> it started to mature, you know. I feel like Yaradua, like when Nigerians voted for Yaradua, it was supposed to be a beacon of hope. Because, so there was something about Obasanjo and Article leadership that Sonja wanted to do a totem term and create a rule for himself so that he can come again and do a totem term and the shenanigans that was going on between the president and the VP. And people were like, okay, we need a change. And then everybody came out, voted a mass, supported Ray Ardua, um, and Raya VP. Good Lord, Jonathan had this grass to grace story. Mm, Nigeria, Nigeria with one show, I Nigeria. Mean, no show. I think. you. Oh the one that The best campaign. Percent.
0: I remember when uni when this happened, right? I, I remember so. that campaign. Yeah, when he won, we were in school. Maybe we, I don't know what level we're, but when undergrad. I don't know, Yeah, the, I remember. Was... a i think when that was announced, when in school. I remember this. He's grass everybody. grass, grace. No When they are nearly wiped out the entire They're like, finally, we have a
1: president that understands understands the, understands the suffering grassroots. Of, the, of the ordinary Nigerian, the grassroots suffering. Himself he has also been a suffering Nigerian, so he will be a better uh, leader. Uh, so Anyways, we thought. That was all we thought. So what I think what and, and even then, I was never really big on politics. And I think that's what one thing that happened. Many families, like, uh, it, like, you know, and we never had like those conversations around, around like politics, politicians, what's going on in the country. Like, in short, most people, they, they always talk about how their parents would watch TV. Sorry, uh, used to always watch, of course, NTA news. I think in my house, there was always music. We loved music when we woke up, when we went to bed. It was always music. So I didn't really have any like idea of what's going on from a political point of view. But what I do remember then was what really struck me was Yaraduah died and then good luck Jonathan took over, right? Um, what struck me or what started to irk me? Was the level of corruption? We just you just wake up, and that was the period also when many Nigerian banks folded as well. Like, do we just wake up on one morning that one minister has has stolen one billion and is now hiding away somewhere in London? Like, or you hear like something somebody that was in charge of airports, uh, something something happened and like i don't even know if that was the same period as a uh, monkey was swallowing money i'm not sure different. <laughs> no it was i a think different, the, i think
0: the monkey and that, that was a different
1: later. yeah it was just the level of corruption and and me i knew i think then i was doing my internship i think there was something in my internship when i was on the and i heard on the radio that somebody has stolen one exorbitant amount of money and then me as an intern do you know how much i was earning I was in, I think it was 15,000 or 10,000. They were pay me every mm-hmm. month, and my brain could just not fat home. Like, what does it mean to even <laughs> have this kind of money to say you can even go and steal it and nobody will catch you and you get the baby it? Yep, that, that was, you are trying that to was where you my awareness thank you. Like, we know when they reached the anything, like that was when I my awareness I started to like, okay. No, this isn't right, something is right. And that's when I really it, like, okay, at least be more plugged in into to politics.
0: So in trying to prepare for this um, this episode, eh, Aisha said that we should we should go and read <laughs> she said let let me just let me tell you what this guy said. She said that we me and her, who are not political analysts by the way, we should go and read their manifesto. So before we get into that, let me just say so for those who are non-Nigerians that are listening, there are, right now, there are three political parties that are campaigning for the presidency. One is uh, PDP. I forget what it stands for.
1: Um, People Democratic Party.
0: Okay, thank you. And then there's APC. All People's is, Congress. All right. And then there is the Labour Party.
1: Explains itself.
0: Explains <laughs> itself. So now I'm just going to give you three names and pin them to the parties and then just follow along for this ride, right? So now we have Peter Obi, who is the runner for the presidential candidate for the Labour Party. Then we have Tinibu, who is, who was at some point the former governor of Lagos State. And he's the presidential candidate for the APC party. And we have Atiku, who has decided that it is his life mission to become a president. We have him on the PDP party. So once again, it's Atiku, PDP, Tinubu, um, APC, and Peter Obi for Labour party.
1: party. yeah. Cool.
0: So Aisha said we should read the manifestos. Yeah, now, but wait, before we
1: jump into manifestos, do we want to do what is wrong in Nigerian politics first?
0: Okay, let, let's let's get because yes, I think that would now yes, let's do that so that when we enter the, these people <laughs> will understand the nonsense that I saw in the Well, I'm upset. Well, All right. <laughs> so, what is wrong with Nigerian politics? They're so... No, I don't think we should say politics. What's wrong with Nigeria? And then mm. we'll see how the politics enters. But mm. it... It's no, saying, it was, I feel like they are synonymous at this point.
1: I think they're synonymous. I think like, they're synonymous. I would say it's Nigerian politics. Because, yes, it's what's wrong with Nigeria. And it translates into, like... Obviously, feeds into our political system.
0: Actually, I feel like it, even but it's from the drive, politics to the...
1: Because, but it's really heightened in politics to the point where, like, it's so, ridiculous, right? Like, I think it's utterly ridiculous.
0: Yes. So we gained independence in 1960, right? And we I, we have we have addressed this when we in our Nigeria Biafra War episode, where we talked about how tribes are structured and how power was kind of handed over based off of that now for the longest time the not held the power so the and nigeria they held the presidential power and this has always been a problem right not now my remember that north and south don't get along they never have gotten along until that dead old white man decided to um, the the north and the south still don't get along but anyways so there's a bit of tribalism in here now um in in nigeria um, there's a. we started with like the military regime when power was handed over and there were lots of coups. One person kills one person, the other person retaliates, the other person takes over. That all trickled down till we got to democracy, right? Now, we got to democracy, yes, but who were the people in power in this new democracy? The military leaders. The leaders from the military regime. So are we really in democracy? But I digress. Let's continue. So now we get into the democratic state of nigeria right and then we start having precedence and you know things are moving on but now there's corruption there's always been corruption people are siphoning money people at the top They, they set up the police force yada 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 i don't want to go into all that history that's that's for another episode all of that has trickled down to the point where corruption is such a big thing in nigeria our poverty levels are really high um our education is lackluster as it's deto- it has deteriorated over the years, right? Since the end of colonization or colonialism, whatever we want to call that, and so there's so much that is wrong. There is, um, the pay wage is is terrible. Um, government owe staff money all of the time, both in federal and states uh
1: um, government still pensioners, ah, pensioners pension are dying in droves because and because they can't afford health care food nothing because somewhere somebody somewhere as as siphon um, the money, siphon, and let, let me let me know, Be hey, Adriel, hold on, let me say something. I don't think you are really conveying it. The I was way about to start reading
0: it. statistics but go ahead. Because
1: it, the no no this one is not <laughs> statistics, matter. this is this is real life. Let's let's hold on one second. All right. When we even talk about corruption, when we talk about siphoning money, you guys, it's not just the fact that they steal this money and leave. All. it's the fact that even when they realize you know when something bad happens right the government takes responsibility and they try to make it up i don't know how they but they always try to make it up and re- re- refund the people that were robbed or you know especially when it's a government official that took their money from a government f- um fund do you know that to the point that they now ask tell pensioners that if you want your pension eh, we know that you are supposed to collect 50k this yes, though. While owing you maybe six hundred k, maybe they're owing them from like two years old. While owing you six hundred thousand naira in arrears for pension, but if you really want this pension, you first need to give me a bribe of three hundred thousand, and then I will give you the remaining three hundred. So the corruption is not that they are just stealing. The corruption is how you even have to, like the bribery is in the sense that even when you are old, you have to bribe. To even be, to take what well, do you know what it means for people that have worked their entire life, paid pension, contributed their pension, knowing that they have a nest egg for when they retire, and then you are old, and even when they say they will pay you, they still shortchange you, like they cheat you. I don't care what anybody tells me. If I lose one dollar, it will take it will take me winning fifteen dollars to make up for that one dollar that I lost. So you find like many of these aged people actually like. Just dying of a broken heart. Like, just, you know what it means to serve your country as a civil servant, for look, example? Let me tell you.
0: It's worse. It's worse <sighs> with state government than federal government. And I, I would explain. It, but it, but it's worse. Um, for example, my dad is a pensioner. He retired almost four years ago. And what I can tell you from experience is it took, and this, this is even the good one. This is even good. Like, my dad's case is even good. It took over a year for him to get his first pension payment. So let me paint a picture for you. Imagine you've worked for the past 40 years of your life, however many years you put in service, right? Paid all your dues, paid your taxes, paid everything. And then you retire. And let's say you retire in June. And now you're waiting for July, hoping that by July, or let's even say you want to be fancy. You are hoping that by August, um, you receive your first pension payment, and then nothing happens. And mind you, you have you are accustomed to living in a certain way. August comes around, no payment. September, nothing. October, nothing. December, January, and the the months just keep rolling on and no payment. Now tell me. For someone who doesn't have a, for the purpose of this, we'll say a side hustle. For someone who doesn't have a side hustle, a side business, um, tell me how that person is supposed to survive. Now, tell me someone who doesn't own their own house, someone who doesn't, um, you know, who has kids that are still in school, that school fees need to be pay, paid for. Tell me how that person is supposed to provide food for the family to eat, is supposed to pay fees, is supposed to pay bills, is supposed to keep up the lifestyle they were accustomed to before retirement, when the money they have set aside their entire career for retirement is being owed to them. And so you you start seeing situations where people retire and they just start dying. Within one year, this person is like a shadow of themselves. In another six months, you hear, oh, that person died. Oh, that person died. you start wondering, mm-hmm. it's retirement disease? Why so Is it many a death people sentence? And then until someone you know or someone you're close to retires, before you finally understand the gravity of that situation. So if you're not someone who had something on the side that you were doing in conjunction to your full-time job, it means you have no income coming in for at least a year. There's some people, my father was really lucky. Yeah, it was a year. Um, that is bad, but it was a year. This people before him, it took about three years before they got their first pension payment. Now, tell me, how are those people supposed to be surviving? Especially in a country like Nigeria, we don't have welfare.
1: We don't have a credit system. You would a We cash don't have a credit life. system. You have to pay for everything we that's. We don't you. have
0: welfare. So tell me how these people, and that you, you, find out that there are some people who just retire and every day they just sit in front of their house staring outside because these people are thinking about their life and sometimes they start thinking maybe it's better to just we die and just die than to remain here and that's just one of the things of the i i just talking about of, pensions right of nigeria that's pension Whereas we have not talked about the level of unemployment the level of poverty like as of 2015 let me read you people a little bit of statistics huh As of 2015, the um, 63% of Nigerians were so poor that they had no access to basic sanitation, nutrition, education, healthcare, and employment. And by 2022, 5.1 million Nigerians entered into acute poverty. Let us not even start talking about the current inflation rates. Mm. in nigeria the rate of inflation your money is almost as good as useless i was talking mm-hmm. to i was talking to someone that i used to work with and i was recently uh, we used to work together when i was in nigeria and i was like hey what's up where are you working now you know and she's like oh i'm just working at this place this xyz place the money is not great but you know i'm managing and i'm like i'm, I'm just like you know you know how you try to encourage people and you're just like well, you know, God is good. Uh, we hope that things will start looking brighter. And she's like, yeah, because, uh you know, it's a family of three right now. And we are surviving on 21K a month. Whoa.
1: And when I tell you,
0: I felt that to my core. Because right now.
1: I just want to. I think, wait, hold on. People, 21,000 Naira. What is it? In Canadian 20? dollars. Okay. Is
0: nothing it's not up to a hundred dollars
1: it's not up to it's not no, up to a hundred
0: dollars
1: it's not up to a hundred dollars for a month for
0: a month a family of. and don't tell
1: me like the like, the cost of living you know is cheaper nah, no it's not it's not it's not it's not, 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 it's at not that cheaper no, nah. because mm-hmm. inflation inflation is crazy because that i remember like a
0: month or so ago i was talking to like my stepmom and she was telling me about the price of things in the market and so i'm putting that to 21k and i'm like how are you eating? How are you surviving? Like are you starving so that your baby can eat? Like what is going on? Because she's like the late of her husband, so it's only her income and I'm just like when I tell you for the rest of the day I couldn't function. Because I kept coming back to twenty one thousand for a family of three a month. A month That is acute poverty. Because how are you paying rent? How are you eating? How are you... It just makes me so mad and so sad and so heartbroken all at once. Because what the fuck is that?
1: And so a couple of things, right? We've talked about poverty as a Nigerian problem. We've talked about corruption as a Nigerian problem. When you translate that to what's happening in Nigerian politics, how do you, how do you translate that? So let's snakes, pick over Snake
0: swallows millions of naira. That's how.
1: That's, that's, that's on the basics, right? In, let me give you another example. When, as an election, all this Labour Party, APC, PDP, they, they, they're doing this election. Sorry, they're doing all this um, campaigning. Guess what? The person who hasn't eaten is likely to collect rice and beans from the campaign of like PDP so that they can afford to eat. Because it's not even example. a bag of rice. No, it's, it's like not a bag. It's like a, it's like a, like two cups of rice type situation. Like it's, it's not up to a bucket. Bucket what? It's not up to a bucket. So you find that people in poverty or Nigerians, in some, some Nigerians would rather sell their votes for,
0: because they need to, to feed survive today because you have to think of now
1: think... survival so they're not they're not going to sit down and be looking at okay what's the manifesto what's this person Who saying how to change Nigeria My family I don't eaten care about the future because I can't, i have not eaten today So self-preservation thank you
0: self-preservation you know I was, I was listening to this I said what I said podcast if you guys don't listen to it I highly encourage you to listen to it and um, Jola and FK were talking and they said I think it was FK who said that she believes we as Nigerians were in a trance. She's like, because there are certain things that happen and we are so accustomed to rubbish, right, that we just all go, we have like an outcry for like, let's say, 24 hours. And then we just go back to business as usual. So, for example, we have the situation, they say, oh, the snake came in and swallowed this money and that's why we don't have the money anymore. And Nigerians are like, ah, snake, and we make all these jokes because jokes are our like coping mechanism. And we kaka-kaka-hee-hee-hee-hee-hee on Twitter. And then we go back to work. And nobody says anything again. And she's like, if that is not trans or if they not those jazz, she doesn't know how to explain that again. But I think sometimes it gets to the point where you just, it's, it, I feel like for me it comes back to self-preservation. You get to the point where you're like, I either preserve my sanity Oh, I don't. And in those cases where people sell their votes, when your family is starving and someone comes and gives you, let's even use the one bucket, one bucket of rice. And you know that that one bucket of rice will take you and your family for maybe seven, the next seven days. And they're like, but we would only give you this if you press your thumb on this part of this uh, voting ballot sheet or whatever.
1: Exactly. Tell me... Oh my God! Why
0: that person would not do that?
1: Corruption. And also, too. let us
0: not talk about the. There's also poverty is the huge factor, right? With especially with elections, because reach, when you election, cannot
1: eat, how can you really make rational decisions about
0: the other part of it too? Is just um, lack of education. A lot of people don't even understand like how voting works, how it doesn't work. So, like for example, let me tell you. My friend was telling me the other day. She's like, "What they are doing in the north now? I don't know how true this is. This is I'm I'm telling you what I heard. In the north, for example, because, um, let's say for example, PDP are very they're very aware that a lot of people want to vote for Peter Obi. They are beginning to put his face on things. Let's say like bags of rice that they're handing out, Peter Obi's face and the PDP logo at the bottom. Now tell me when people go oh, to, vote. they would think Pitao B is PDP. Yes. And you know, you know what oh. killed me? You know what killed me? When she told me that, I had to pause and I said, I am so mad because that is the smartest thing they've ever done. And that's yes, like, because that most people don't get to read like incredibly
1: smart. If, if you think about education, how many did not has their highest level of, of illiteracy? Yes like they don't go to school they cannot read what they are going to see is
0: they are going to associate his face which is what they want to vote for with the picture of the logo of the pdp party now when they go into the ballot boxes to vote or into the election center to vote they are going to see the pdp logo and what are they going to do they're going to vote and so i was so mad because at the same time i was so mad because i'm like that is so devious, but that is actually so psychologically smart. And I'm like, that is it. whoever came up
1: with that. That's a huge manipulation. Yes. that should be a crime. But guess what? It should people, be. It those perpetrators should, should will not be, a be a arrested.
0: It is a crime.
1: It is a crime. Yes,
0: this that again, that is this, election manipulation.
1: So, do you guys hear how problems of Nigeria feed into? Nigerian politics because all this lack of education, poverty feeds into what the election results become because people, first of all, are not educated on the right way or or the, even the people who are trying to be elected mm-hmm. and then people are going to be selling their votes for rights. And then even if you think about tribalism as a whole in Nigeria, when you think, oh, tribalism is not an issue. I can tell you that when parties select who their president okay. or vice president will be, they have to make sure that they're taking into account the tribe. Yes. So, for example, I'll give you an example. So, in Nigeria, majority of the voters are located in the north. North-central, north-east, north-west. The north majority of the voters are located there. Uh, if I give you like, wait, let me pull up some statistics. And also remember, um,
0: while Aisha pulls up the statistics, remember that she has just said that the highest level of illiteracy is also in the north. Keep that in mind.
1: So, think about if 93.46 million Nigerians have registered to vote, right? The South in total, between Southwest, Southeast, and South South, we're looking at 20, like, maybe 40 million people ish that are in the South. The rest of that number, is in the north, east, north central, northwest, and this is where the highest level of illiteracy is, meaning lack of education, right? So the north, single-handedly, hold on, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Single-handedly has the majority of power to vote, um, to have an outcome that favors like what the north wants because they have the most people that can carry the both votes. If we bring that back to tribalism, so. The, one of the problems, like Idrissian explained before, is that Nigerian came. We came together when we were when we were amalgamated. There was no um, intelligence or even even no regular groundwork to say oh, you, you should group. Hold on, what well, is They knew was. exactly what they, they were doing. They did what they, they okay. you yeah, right. So what they did was bring very different people, different cultures, different languages, and try to push them together, push all of us together as a country where we would always disagree on everything so it means that during an election if PDP or APC or Labour Party they need to bring their tickets they need to put the tickets in accordance with the tribe now what would what you then see is that every party if you haven't almost every party. I think maybe the only person I haven't done is APC I don't no 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 no. every party has a Northern So there are major tribes and there are minor tribes. So there's Yoruba, Igbo, Hausa. The North is majorly the Hausa, the Fulanese, and they have the majority of like the people that will vote. And then there's Igbo and then there's Yoruba that have the less, right? Now, if you look at PDP, PDP part, PDP tickets is Hausa and Igbo. Labour Party tickets is Igbo and Hausa. Your uh, APC APC tickets is Yoruba and and hausa i believe i'm right right Enjoy. I
0: honestly i i don't know because i i really don't look at it yeah, um, <laughs> i don't look at like but because it's always like that there there would be
1: so if you don't put somebody yes it's your announcer if you don't put somebody's house in your tickets it doesn't matter whether they're competent it doesn't matter if they know what the heck they're doing Every election circle and you see it if outside is not the president, outside has to be the vice president, or else you won't be able to get any votes from the north.
0: Also, let's add to that religion for the candidates. Yeah, so
1: in Nigeria, tribalism and religion go hand in hand because mostly in the north, you have northern lands are mostly Muslims. Um, in the south, you know, that's what you say they're they Christian and Muslim, but they're mostly um christians but like nigeria is mostly a christian and muslim very few traditional um people but mostly christian and muslim so because of that tribalism anytime you say tribalism or war or something or no anytime you see a religious war, just know that it's most is you can Oh, there are even synonyms around, like tribalism (laughs) and religious wars, tribal war, religious wars. They end up being the same because it's usually like Muslim versus Christian, or or Northerners versus Southerners type situation. And that is how like the Nigeria-Biafra war was. If you remember that episode that we talked about, it talked the 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 war was between Igbos and Hausas in in a sense, and then the Europeans were siding with the Hausas, saying they went to Nigeria, and Igbos wanted to go out and form their own country. country you know biafra so this so tribalism is a huge problem in nigeria and it plays in politics that many times when you have a party you find that people are not trying to find the best man for the job let's just find somebody that can get us the most votes and that's why if you even during president Obasanjo it was article was Hausa or was from the north if you look at good luck Jonathan time. Very similar, I think.
0: Oh yeah. If you look at
1: Yaradua time, I think Yar- Yaradua time that Yaradua was Yeah, so most of the presidential candidates end up being from the north because they yeah, get and the that's most why like the Good power campaign vote. was
0: so unique because one he was vice president to Yaradua who died, but he yes. was also which was also like almost unprecedented, he was from like south. F- he wasn't
1: from any of the major yes, he was from tribes, yes. And it wasn't so he was like Yirabhausa. this thing like, oh my
0: god, we are breaking chains. Literally and then this man becomes president and just fucks all of us over. But-
1: now let's talk about the average Nigerian and how the average Nigerian sees tribalism. So if you look at, for example, you hear people say things up to today still say things that, Oh, you want to marry an Igbo man? Hey, God forbid. None of my no my no my children. Like houses for example, and Igbo's rarely ever inter intermarry. Very rare. So we're tribalistic to begin with. Like there are even some posts in, like maybe um, you know how you can vote for uh no not vote, like people appoint, like say you have a new governor and they're appointing um people, like they're like, No, you have to be from this state, even if it's a federal Actually, you appointment. Have
0: for, you have to be I'm just know, I'm let to somebody get to just somewhere. post something on, on Twitter and they'll be like, that's our evil people. Yes, are. they
1: killed somebody. First, so that's half, how Yoruba people are. I don't. I that's don't want how to make, people are. We
0: thank start, you. I don't that, want to like,
1: make it gory
0: It it could be the lit, the smallest things and so when Nigerians,
1: like evil thank you. When Nigerians vote, you see we come with that tribalism mindset. Try Nigerians vote from the from the fact that oh is my person there, whether your person has no clue what the heck they are doing there or deserves to be in the post, you will vote for them. So for example, your brothers will be like ah. Please, though, we must support Chinubu Whether we think he might die in that post or not, whether we think he's competent or he's not competent, Yoruba, we must support our own, we must support Tinubu. It's no longer a question of who is competent to lead the country. It's more of who is our person that we're going to vote for. And that's, that's, a, that's another fundamental problem that is wrong with Nigerian politics. Sorry, you can I continue. <laughs> I've
0: said, I've said it. have <laughs> yeah, said it Um, uh, yeah, so that's, um, it's a huge thing in politics. But now I want to go into this manifesto. So the person's manifesto I'm not even going to touch here at all is Atiku, which is the PDP candidate. Because, one, ever since his, um, time as VP, I think it was VP Torbass and Joy, if I'm not mistaken, um, after that, the end of that presidential era, Atiku has every presidential election try to run try to run for president and he loses every time every so time. this, this year would not be an exception but somehow this man thinks that he's destined to be president before he dies and also I think we should note that these people are, they are hey. old though the youngest person here is Peter of the Labour Party this Atiku was in the military regime so most of the presidents we've had we have been recycling military leaders leaders from the military regime from Obasanjo well, to Yar'Adua to, Yara to, oh, to
1: Buhari o we have
0: been reciting recite, and
1: these people were young then they were when young they were then, leaders
0: now they are old not they're really
1: men. old but they don't they want to die but, in this power and not re- release
0: <laughs> exactly which is why i said democracy was just a new name for the same game um so for Articles manifesto, I did not even bother opening it because he did not write a new manifesto from the one he wrote in 2019. He just put, Aisha said this is what they call rebranding. He just put the new yes. cover page.
1: His 2019 manifesto was called my convenance with Nigeria. I don't know who he's so having I covenant s- with because I don't it's not know, me. It's not me, God forbid. In, in the name of Jesus, it's not me. In 2022 as the OG candidate that he's, he decided, we will rebrand, we will we will rebrand ourselves. We will market ourselves. We will take the old things out. So we will not have to spend money and do another work to think of how we can change Nigeria. Because between when the last time and now, Nigeria has changed that and it's the same thing. So same pretty bullshit. much
0: he did not give a new manifesto because one blog describes him as, as the OG candidate. As the as the OG the candidate, football. he did not need to. He, did, he decided he did not need to write a new manifesto. So automatically, he's a If I'm on ranking of 1 to 3, he's number 3. He's last. Now, I did take a glance at uh, Peter Obi's uh, manifesto, which is the Labour Party. And I also took a glance at Tinibu, which is APC. And I looked at both their manifestos. Now, this is what I have to say. And I already told Aisha this. I said, Tinibu's manifesto, it seems like, they gave an intern or like a copper who is like an NYC someone serving, doing their one-year mandatory service, that I gave one of them to write this manifesto because it just reads, and maybe also it's because I've been reading a lot of books recently, and it just feels like someone's just playing around An
1: amateur. Roots.
0: <laughs> because why am I also, I was reading it and I saw some things that made me cackle. First of all, I have to give them the pictures they put for this manifesto. I have to say, like, whoever did the research, they really went to look for good pictures. Because these pictures are not Nigeria. Because why am I seeing a, a train that looks like TTC? Why am I seeing what looks like a tram car Energy. in the transportation section? Anyways, let me tell you. Let me read one line that killed me in this in this thing. They were talking about, like, the things, the reforms they are going to make, right? As all manifestos do. But they had said something about uh and this is not even to be like a a naysayer for Nigeria. Like um I I would love to see Nigeria grow. I would love to be proud of you know, of of the Nigeria that I was born and raised in, of my country. But let me tell you how these people just be lying out of their teeth for no reason. Like they just be lying unprovoked and this is manifesto where you're not supposed to lie. You're supposed to be picking the problems that the country has and saying this is what we want to do. This is how we plan to do it. Because that's my understanding of what a manifesto should be and how a manifesto should work. But tell me why these people in one of the things they said they would do, these people said they are going to upgrade... mm -mm, No, they said they are going to exploit... Aerial and technological superiority. Please, what superiority do we have? Now, let me read it out to you. They say, exploit aerial and technological superiority. We shall focus our efforts on taking greater advantage of our aerial superiority to both deter as well as swiftly respond to (laughs) attacks by terrorists, kidnappers, and bandits. Please, if we had this aerial and technological superiority, why do we still have so many bandits and insurgents and terrorists? Because, see, let's be humble when we're saying these things. If they had said, you know, upgrade or improve, I would have even said, okay. They not said, not only did they say exploits, they said superiority, please. Which country are we talking about? Because let all of us be, let us be honest with ourselves. That was one. They said upgrade weapon system. Which systems? <laughs> Which systems, please? Okay then they they, they oh jesus they said win hearts and minds in this mm, win hearts and minds that is a point in this manifesto win hearts and mind let me read it just let me le, please let me read this using targeted economic assistance programs and in close collaboration with state government we will expand emergency and economic support offered to local communities they copied this off maybe another country's manifesto (laughs) this if i run this through plagiarism i'm sure something will trip up because how is this win hmm. but go ahead say what you want to say because i need to find the other things that i saw in this place
1: and so like so the one that even bust my brain in that manifesto like we don't have enough problems with nsazo um article said that he wants to employ one million more policemen and women to the nigerian force like it's already a decade we already know that nigerian police is already a declared like so do you think like do you think that to solve the problem of insecurity you want to employ more police people like yes there's insurgents and there's terror terrorism and there's everything going on in some parts of nigeria but like your solution to that is is it first of all police are not the ones that fight those wars those are like that's the military right that one not tackle second of all we've we've gone through an entire nsas movement where so we talked about the corruption we even talked about the states like first of all police you know it's not they're not properly paid they're not properly trained they don't have good living conditions because that's why they're on the streets Trying to rob everybody of fifty naira, hundred naira, and they connive with kidnappers and armed robbers to rob people. As an example, so tell me how just employing million another million into that decayed force would solve the problem? Because they say Nigeria is on that police. We are really on that police. No,
0: but I don't expect. I'm not surprised because I wasn't expecting anything less than that from Atiku. You have to remember, he's a military man. Mm, all they okay. know is police and force, Br- brute force. That's that's what he knows. That's what he's operated in. Outside of stealing government funds and becoming a very wealthy person, that's all they know, right? At least even in the um, Tinubu's own, they said reposition the police. They're like, you know, we would uh, reform the police to better deliver their primary, to better deliver on its primary duties. Yada 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 yada. Now let me tell Babe. you where I was. Yeah.
1: That was not the problem with that statement. Oh you no! They, the they problem say <laughs> <laughs> the problem when somebody did the math of the average salary. Do you know how much it will cost to add one million people? See, to I, Nigeria I'm Paris? telling you
0: that these people nine hundred
1: billion naira. First of all, Nigerian budgets we are borrowing most of it. We don't have a revenue that because our revenue purposely. That's the it, b- last
0: year. <laughs> late last year. Aso Rock released its budget for stationaries and internet. So Aso Rock is the White House of Nigeria. Let me actually let me take that back. I don't like using Western comparison. Aso Rock is the pres- presidential house, villa, it's or it's something the presidential villa. Exactly. That's where the president lives. Now they released the budget for. Hear me, stationaries and internet. So Wi-Fi. And it was in the trillions. Tell me. So maybe maybe offices should start tapping their internet services from Astro because tell me why is it in the trillions? Maybe universities, students now, they should start going to Astro to do their assignments because well, why are they are they laying the I, I fiber? No, they are laying the fiber. fiber. They are laying the fiber and into the president. To into him. <laughs> it's not going straight to his sitting room or his bedroom. It's going into him because that's the only thing that makes sense why it's in the trillions. In the trillions. In the trillions with stationary. Please, is the pencil made of, um, platinum gold or be vibranium? What is the pencil made of? Hmm. Is the uh, 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 trillions? See, that's why I say these manifestos that these people write, they just be saying anything they want to say
1: empty promises because there's no proper diligence to research now
0: let me tell you another thing that blew my mind there was a part again i'm still on this Tinubu's boost manifesto there was a part where they talked about housing what they want to do with housing like mortgage and increase housing units right and then they did a projection to 2028 from 2023 to 2028 of the percentage increase in housing units that they were going to they call it cumulative additional housing units. Tell me why from year to year it's exactly 4% I need to see the math, I need to see the variables that were used because why is the percentage not changing? They say twenty twenty 4%, 24, 8%, 25, 12%, 26, 16%, 27, 20%, 28, these people just be writing anything. They just pick a number and like... Between one to five, what do you think the right percentage would be? Three, mm, three might be a little low. There might not, be, it might not be believable. Let's say five, four. five is too high. I don't think they are believe. <laughs> I think four, four is the right the number. So, just, so how do you want me to do the math? No, no, no don't do any math. Just increase the the bars by four <laughs> percent for each year.
1: <laughs> because, that thing was so mediocre. Though. Oh my gosh! Like because so mediocre. I,
0: oh 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 my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I saw that and I was weak. I was weak. Now, they're talking about how their target is to increase um, the number of arable land, so land that they can actually grow crops and food from by 65% in four years, with no explanation on how they plan to do this.
1: Oh, so they drew, I'm very... This uh, this hits close to home because I'm married to somebody who is from Benway States. There was a time Benway was the food... They probably still call it the food basket of nation and anybody with any common sense that knows that it's not problem is no land where to a farm increasing arable land is not how you solve the problem the problem is that farmers cannot go to the farm and farm without okay. being killed by by all, right, uh, so all this is insurgents is
0: all okay fantastic
1: farmers are not safe in their farm. that farmers are being killed the ones who can afford to higher security to, to go and bring out the crops. Okay, they finally get the crops. There are no roads to transport this agricultural produce to where it's needed from maybe Benue, for example, or the north to somewhere in Lagos. What happens? A lot of it ends gets, gets, ends up getting spoiled and wasted. You, like, are you, or you think land is the problem? You really sat down and really took a tour of farmlands in Nigeria and discovered that oh, what we need is more land.
0: The RFPs that companies write when they are trying to bid for contracts has more thoughts into it than this manifesto. Because, let me bust your brain. Still on this Tinnable's manifesto, there's a part about farm cooperatives, right? Let me read the first paragraph for you. Where feasible, we will encourage local farmers to form voluntary cooperatives, enabling them to pool their resources so that they can buy or lease modern farming equipment, tools, and fertilizers. Please tell me where they're getting this money from, and also, why did it was forming voluntary cooperatives? I thought you wanted to do something in agriculture. Is that how you are supporting them?
1: Article as well doesn't have anything. That's this the article that said that it would they would bring more farmable lands. Like I'm telling you, like these two folks have no clue what they're talking about when it comes to like agriculture and making Nigeria sustainable for food because even something as simple as rice, even when we have our own variation of rice, I will call father rice, we import rice. We import rice from our beautiful, able, Benin Republic just beside. Like
0: this, this is a really long episode, but you guys are just going to have to bear. Like listen to this in chunks if you must. Because Aisha, let's even leave agriculture for a, a, a split second. Let's jump to power. Okay? Tinibu says in his manifesto At present, the nation has approximately 12,000 megawatts of installed capacity, but generates only 8,000 megawatts and is only capable to distribute a maximum of 4,500 megawatts to customers. Wait, wait for it. However, the nation's power problems cannot be solved overnight.
1: You don't mean it? <laughs>
0: And then they start talking about how they will work on providing off-grid and renewable power generation options. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, I know let I'm me, laughing. Let right? me tell but you what Article company.
1: said. Okay. This article said that his plan for power mm-hmm. is that it will, the government will create an environment that will enable distribution companies to recover full cost for power supply to their customers with a firm commitment to a metering program what for customers this? wait wait okay. see what okay. he said mm-hmm. he said the scourge of electricity theft to be dealt with through a viable partnership between investors in the distribution companies and the government's electricity support for pro let me let me let me break it down for you guys so there was a time um electricity distribution companies were publicly for funded companies they now they're not saying the problem is government or the problem is because it's mismanaged. Okay, we'll privatize it. So they, everybody they it sold got this got company worse. to their best friends, obviously. I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> in different parts it of the got country. <laughs> it's just <laughs> governments. I can't tell you, like so it is in, in Nigeria we have something called prepared meter and postpaid meter. What used to happen before was there's this meter that only only the uh, the meter people only the electricity people can read. so they'll come to your house read the meter they'll give you a bill. give you the bill right and then when i went to a system where we we're like uh oh no, sorry that was postponed then when i was a system of prepaid where we we're like okay you will buy a scratch card load money in scratch i and go and put that card in your meter and you can say okay you buy 2000 so you are paying as you are using you pay as you go very similar to what you have in other western countries only this time you have to buy a scratch card or you know buy it through a phone or something or through the bank whatever now let me tell you what so so le- what has really happened so that postpaid i need to tell you let us know who the thief is because this guy has a he's not sure who is tv uh, <laughs> and he, the people he think that is tv is not the people that are tv in this mm-hmm. distribution article think thinks that is nigerians that are stealing that are making that are stealing what but what is happening is the corruption in these distribution companies is in the sense that they are stealing from Nigerians, charging for power that is not being distributed.
0: Yes. So that's, articles, uh, that's article, that article, um, Tinubu's manifesto, Peter Obi's manifesto is very different. One thing I do appreciate about the manifesto is, in the first like two three pages, you get the seven key points of what they are trying to do, and then it's broken down. It's not arranged in the typical way that these other two arrange their manifestos. So it's pretty there are still some things that I'm like, eh, but it, it it makes it makes better sense when, when you read when you read it.
1: You guys, the head that we talked about like what APC or PDP are saying they wanted to do to curb insecurity as an example. Um so Peter Obby has like a very thought out plan of how he wants to curb insecurity. One thing that I saw he put there which resonated with me because again, my husband lived a very long time in the north. Is cross that cross border insecurity that land border? Many times the insurgents that you see in the north are not really true Nigerian houses that people from like other countries, some of the other like um, Niger, some of the other countries that actually infiltrate, like coming to Nigeria. Yes, that yes, now, paid. so who is paying them? Yeah, man, do we want to go into all this? Al Qaeda, <laughs> ISIS, you know, they are partially funding. Also, some of those insurgents in Nigeria. I
0: don't think so. I think it's our government, my sister. I the think point our government.
1: I, well, yeah. it's debatable. But the point I'm really trying to make is that this... You can already tell that this is somebody that really understands the problem, that has gone to the grassroots. So why do we have an insurgent? Where are these people and who are these people and where they come from? Because, like, you know, make it make sense. He has very, like, thought-out plans, like saying, for example uh we're going to refocus we're going to reform the Nigerian military for example and refocus their duties and responsibilities on cross-border protection and some other protection right um it talks about you know increasing like you know giving them more better ammunition because many times we find that this insurgents group have better ammunition than even the military themselves so well they yeah, are bringing a knife to a gunfight. like so it's actually very well talked out one of the things i do not agree with in all of like in some of the other things he said when he when he listed his priorities he said he will leapfrog nigeria into the fourth industrial revolution through the appla- through the application of scientific and technological innovations to create a digital economy
0: and like, what happened to are we one to three are, we, are we already are we
1: even in the third or in um, the second yeah. industrial revolution? the other thing
0: that i want to talk about in regards to how all of these politicians want to to reform security is they keep talking about like more guns and more ammunitions and more this and yes maybe to some extent that is needed but i also want them to address the kind of people they give guns in nigeria because we have police killing innocent people on the streets we have military risk. the other day i saw it online um uh military personnel soldiers killed a bunch of uh Boko Haram children because they said as far as they are concerned, their blood is already contaminated and so they killed a bunch of children because they are children of insurgents or terrorists. Um, Where are we going? Because their blood is corrupted, is, is it a disease? Um so I want them to also talk about I want them to also talk about like the mental state of these people when they give them guns to open fire and also our local police why do they have guns please take the guns away from them um I need them to address all those other things. What kind of psych- psychological evaluation is being done? How are you people paying these people to make sure they are they well fed and not depending on everyday citizens hustling for their daily their daily meal to pay them? So those are the other things I want to see them address, and none of them address it across all their manifestos. I need to see that addressed, and we are not seeing that. So, like, yes, we talk about reform. Okay, we reform. How are you? How how is this reform taking place? I don't want to just see. Uh, when they talk about security, I don't just want to see more guns and more ammunition. What are you doing about their mental state? How how are you taking care of them mentally? Yeah, there's a because when they're they unstable, it it means the citizens are also at risk from them, not just the insurgents from them. So that that I want to see more on that, but. In in comparing the three manifestos, Peter O B has more structure. It has more in-depth on we're going to do this. The other one just reads like, you know how you prepare some kind of presentation for school when you are too lazy to give more details. you are just like, well, so you just use English to kind of try to cover it up. That's what I feel the other manifestos did. And they're just spewing nonsense. They're just like, well, we're going to give these people and they're going to have to take it like that. That's what I feel. So all that being said, what I want people to take from this. If you're a Nigerian living in Nigeria, and also, at some point, we're going to address why Nigerians outside in the diaspora cannot vote.
1: But yeah. if you're mm-hmm. a Nigerian
0: living in Nigeria, I urge you, I beg you, for Please all vote. our sake, please get your pvc and please vote and please vote for the person that has sense. don't just vote because this will promise you money and i know the nation is hard and i know that even me if i were in your show and they give me and i'm i'm starving and they give me one bag of rice i'll probably sell my vote too but for those of you who are doing okay it's I not just selling
1: you. no adrian hey, they now self once one person said like they so some people nigeria just got the food but they have no intention of voting but they actually ask some of them ask like oh we need to see your pvc before we'll give you the, the bag of rice or give you the 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 bribe that we're trying to give you even if you have no intention you giving them your pvc they have gotten your name they've gotten it. your details in a way that they can read the election to make it look like you voted yeah. for who you did not intend to vote for so watch yeah. out for even those types of election scams yeah, right
0: w- watch out for those and also like please if you can please vote for the vote for the one that has sense i'm i'm going vote for right now we if i could be, vote out know right you know right now you know right now out of these three it's only peter that be that, seems that has awesome. sense. that and has also, a plan when he, when he was a governor because i don't think i mentioned he used to be a governor of um Anambra state when he was a governor i I lived in the states for a while and he did do good things in that state he did we we'll have to give him credit for that he did so i'm hoping that if he wins he can make some changes and the changes to be fair would not be overnight because there'll be a lot of overhauling and a lot of enemies is going to make it in the process yeah like there's no
1: savior but and i think that's yes, there's, there's one person there on no, commands fix all of nigerian problems he can't right? he cannot
0: do it he cannot do it alone so not only should you vote at the presidential level please try and vote at the governorship level at the local government level at every but level they national assembly, house of, yeah. because they all matter because if we can vote people who want to see a better nigerian a better nigeria in this um, levels of government it means it can trickle up and it can give him more power to do more so um all of that being said please let those of us who can vote who are in the country who are eligible to vote please vote please, wisely. Vote. Get please help PVC us save this vote. country so that we can see it go in a better direction and maybe with a good government maybe someday we'll be able to have those of us in the diaspora able to vote as well Amen um, to that. So with all that being said, welcome again to 2023 and to Season 5 of the Rogue Unlearning Podcast. And if you have stuck with us long enough to see Season 5, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us, for being a part of this journey, for watching us grow, let us all grow together. And as always, you can find us at Rogue Unlearning on all social media platforms. So send us a DM, send us your talk, on TikTok, comments, here whatever. To, just let uh, you know. We also at this moment do not intend to be um so please um you can find us at rogue on learning you can send us an email if you have comments if you have questions if you whatever you want you can send us an email at contact at rogue on learning you can send us an email also if you want to sponsor us like i said i can give you a vibes review of perfumes if you want to sponsor us please also hit us up at contact at rogue on learning.com um, if you have better gifts for Aisha, contact us at roganlearning.com or you can slide into our DM at roganlearning on, on Instagram. And on that note, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.